Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fancast. And we are a cat's house now. <laughs> we have cats feel. I was going to say we love cats, but we don't. Mm, no. We actively <laughs> do not love cats. No, uh, yeah, I was going to go along with sarcasm that for a little bit more. But yeah, hey, uh, in case you don't know about me and Aaron, we sort of like musicals and things like that. Uh, and if you're on the internet, you probably saw the Cats trailer that came out. And here's the thing. I love Cats. Like, unironically, wholeheartedly, I love Cats the musical. I, I lo- love those crazy dancing, weird faces, I'd, flexible I'd, humans. All I love is old Deuteronomy. <laughs> He's lived many lives. <laughs> he all, all, and one of them was the, a, as, a, uh, as a serpent on... On Riverdale. Man, it... I, I know we dwell on it a lot, but I can't get over the fact that one of the, that one of those servants is the Jellicle, and they don't address it. It's it's just it's I I, I couldn't I could never figure out if it was something from the Archie comics that like one of them just happened to also be called Old Deuteronomy it was a weird reference to cats in. Well, and here's the thing, Old Possum's book of practical cats is very very old. Yeah, it's very very old. So it could clearly it could be that the uh, that the original Archie comics were referencing the book. By T. S. Eliot, because that's possible. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, he's it, old Deuteronomy, and he's lived a long Mis- time. Mistopheles, no, Mistopheles, Mister Mistopheles, Mister Mistopheles. All right, the magical cat. The, uh, the problem is that it sounds very close to um the name for Satan, which is like Mistopheles, which is also Mistopheles. No, Mestopheles, Mestopheles, not Mistopheles, Mistopheles. Ooh. Anyway, the point is, is that the Cats movie looks like a fever dream come to life. I cannot believe that this is the choice they made. I don't. It, it looks like an SNL sketch it does. about a Cats movie. It does. It kind of looks like a parody. The the problem that you come with, and that I'll go back to this old thing that I that I say a lot of times: not everything needs a live action film. Not everything needs to have a film version. The reason that Cats kind of worked the way it did on Broadway is because you weren't that close to their faces, and because it's wildly theatrical, <laughs> which is why they have this kind of like Japanese kabuki looking. Yeah, it's makeup the, it's like... the that when you when you see it on screen where you're supposed to be. The thing about theater is a theater, while you can get invested in it, you are always very much aware you are in a theater. Films try to expand past that into the idea of being where you can shut down and completely get into... Hyper-realism. Yeah, what you're seeing. Um, It it just, it doesn't work. It just, it looks horrifying. And I don't understand. (laughs) Are they cats? Are they people? Why do some of them wear clothes? Why do some of them not wear clothes? Why are Mistopheles and Victoria running down an alley and then there's a thing in front of them? Is there going to be a storyline? And why is Judy Dench old Deuteronomy? I don't know. And where is Demeter? I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I think Demeter's in it. Who's? Where is Jelly Lorem? Where is Jelly Lorem? <laughs> Look, there's a lot of silly cats' names in cats. <laughs> we can't. Cats we can't go through all, all these cats' names. Uh, the point is, is that. Uh, cats looks insane, and well, I've just I, I I'm not a huge fan of cats beforehand. I never thought it was like super strange. Be, like people, you know, make fun of like, oh, cats. Oh, look at those dumb cats those fans wearing their I'm dumb like, cats uh, costumes. Like, oh, that seems fine. It's theater, and not only that, it was very. 
ballet-inspired theater. It's so, a very dance. So of very course, dance heavy. Yeah, so of course it's like a little bit silly to see because ballet's all... Yeah, they gotta yeah. wear those leotards. They gotta wear those leotards because they're cats. However, I did make a new friend yeah. talking about cats. Yeah. And uh, I am determined to see cats in great luxury... <laughs> Down to the VIP theater, <laughs> drinking some wine. Just get, just just getting drunk and seeing some cats. <laughs> and maybe my new friend will see that with me. I do like the concept of going to go see a movie like that and just being completely blitzed. Just 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 stealth in some wine. Oh, the wine's allowed. Well, I know, but they're not going to give you that much. You have <laughs> oh, that's true. They you, will not give me a skein of wine. On the bright side, you can bring like half a skein, and they can give you the rest, and they don't know the full extent of it. And then you're just, you know. You watch some cats dads and you're a little bit drunk and maybe that makes it more fun. And then I take an Uber home. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> cats. Cats. But hey, there's no cats in this episode because we're talking about the OC. Yes, there are no cats. There that no is cats. true. Uh, in fact, has no, in fact, I think there's no good segue from that into the OC. So I say we probably should just start talking about it. Well, cats is ridiculous. And uh, let's talk about the OC. <laughs> All right, well, this is the OC, and it's Season 3, Episode 8, The Game Plan. The Game Plan. Directed by Tate Donovan. Yeah, so I guess... Jimmy Cooper's not gone, he's just moved behind the camera. (laughs) It's really that... He's directed when he's not a, a main character on this. You know what? Whatever. Uh, I also like there's Tate Donovan, and then there's, like, Tate Donahue, who plays... I saw that. Su- No, but he's been on, the, on it for a while. We never mentioned it, because usually we don't make fun of things like that or mention things like that. But there's an actor in here called, like, Tate Donahue, and I'm like, is that Tate Donovan pretending to be someone else? It's got to be Chili, right? I think it's I think it's Chili. I think it's it's Chili or Johnny or one of them. It's one of those kids. And if this was a better show, we'd look that up. <laughs> But it's not. Well, we begin, and we're going to set up what this episode is going to be, and that's going to be the future. It's going to be college. Seth and Reiner talking about they got their college application. Well, not not college applications. They're like... Okay, so it seems that at their school, you go to a meeting with a college counselor. And they have to have a form they essentially fill out, so the college counselor has an idea of you beforehand. And it sounds like you're a little locked into... The schools you picked during that meeting, but then later not. So I don't, I don't think I don't. I, never I think Seth is just Seth, and he's very much like, no, you got to fill in the form. This is what you're doing. You have to do this. I think that's more of that. The form is the sort of thing where it's like, like you fill it in so that they have something to talk about to you about. So it's like if you don't do that, they're just kind of like, well, you didn't fill in a form. What do you what, want? What, are you, what is this? What, what's going on here? What are you doing? Well, here are some things we know. Seth, as he's been alluding to for seasons. <laughs> Just wants to go where it's cold. Presumably for years. Yeah, he wants to be as far away from the West Coast as possible. So he wants to go to, like, Boston. Or he never mentions New York. He only mentions, like, Massachusetts areas. He only wants to go to them Ivy League schools. Yes, that's what he wants. Uh, meanwhile, as we as we bring in Seth and Marissa, we learn that Marissa, that uh, Summer, sorry, Summer. Yes. Summer is... Also okay, excited. She seems excited. She she seems excited about the existential concept of of college. Of college. She's ready for college. Yeah, we we'll, we will learn more about her college thing here, and it does seem very nebulous and very focused on just like 
college. Like she watched some movies. Like she watched some movies. Meanwhile, Marissa is... Being real sketchy. She's not excited. And finally, they're like, Marissa, you're being a real sketchy McSketcherson. What up? And she's like, I did some research. With my background, I can never get into college. I want to know what research she did, because the instant she talks to an expert, they're just like, no, you're fine. I assume she did ask Jeeves. Oh, and no. she said, hey, Jeeves, can people who are expelled get into school, get into college? And they said... Typically, people who are expelled have a more challenging time getting into the college of their choice. Do you want to, I bet she, bet she typed in, Jeeves, <laughs> Jeeves, can attempted murderers ever have a normal life? Like, <laughs> what? Jeeves is like, uh, uh. I've never been asked this huh? question before. <laughs> Jeeves, can convicts go to college? And he's like, I, uh, what? Probably. What? <laughs> You know that she typed in something that made her makes her seem a lot worse than she actually is. But also, convicts do go to college. Yeah, there's the 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 thing that we're going to get into here is that Marissa has decided it's not even worth attempting. She should not try. She should not try for she may fail. Uh, though weirdly enough, that sort of gets a little bit subverted, which I think is kind of fun. Which I like. So let's head from there uh, across the OC, maybe. I don't know. Well, I don't know how the layout of this city happens. Yeah, we don't understand that anymore. But we are going to head to the Cohen household where Kirsten is extremely excited because about... Sandy going to work? Sandy going to work. She wants to know what's going on. And I thought this was going to twist her to be like, I kind of want to come back to work. There's a no. She's just like, she's just, bored. She's so bored. <laughs> she learned how to make a souffle. Turns out it wasn't that exciting. Well, she's like... We cannot say her... We cannot guess what her age is. She is in somewhat of middle age. I mean... She's in an early middle age. She's in an early middle age. I think she's too young to... She is far too young to retire. retire. And Kirsten is like a worker. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so she wants to do that. Meanwhile, Sandy is just excited because he's pretty sure Seth (laughs) wants to go to Berkeley. And he loves Berkeley. Oh, Sandy loves... Well, you remember when he met Matt and Matt was like, I went to Berkeley. And Sandy was like, (gasps) you are me. My boy. You're my boy. You're my boy, Matt. I love you. I love you so much, Matt. Oh, Matt. He he does mention that today he has to check Matt's... um, presentation that he's doing tomorrow which is good because matt is a boy matt's a boy and and someone needs to look after that boy <laughs> matt will not appear in this episode but we will always think of matt oh we'll always remember him him and voychuk who is also actually uh, voychuk also yes is also not in this episode <laughs> but i don't miss him as much <laughs> but you wanted to ask me something um you probably didn't know because you don't really watch I don't we I don't imagine either of us really watch Chris that hard. Do you know who edited this episode? I did not notice. And edited a bunch of episodes actually throughout the OC, even from the first season onward. Hmm. Matt Ramsey. Huh. An editor named Matt Ramsey. And I had to look it up because I wanted to see if maybe it was a coincidence that he just started. No, he's been editing episodes since the first season. So, so there has the, to be a reference, right? They have to have named the character there's, after him. There's no way that they have an editor who's worked on episodes for years, yeah, at like this a point. main editor. Um, um, he he's probably done about like five a season, I which think, is pretty which is good. Pre- yeah, pretty good. Uh, so there's no way that he was doing that, and they were just like, "Oh, also this character's name is Matt Ramsey." I'm like, <laughs> so I'm imagining Matt Ramsey, this editor, and he's still working. So I imagine he's probably pretty young. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's just like a young 
hopeful boy that they're like, yeah, let's name this boy after that boy. He's a young hopeful boy, and Matt Ramsey is a young hopeful boy. There's no way to know. He's an editor, so IMD- So of course his photo's not on IMDb, and he doesn't have photos anywhere because he's an editor. Just editing things. Matt Ramsey, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> are you a dark-haired man? He's edited episodes of Grey's Anatomy as well. Ah. Yeah. He loves those dramas. <laughs> I think he loves the work he can get. He He's loves an editor. consistent work. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move from the adults back to the children. And we are at the poor Ur school. Yeah, Newport Union. And Johnny's, well, Johnny's Johnny, but Chili is very excited. Chili has watched Entourage and, and thought, I want to be that. I want to be Turtle. And he's like, hey, my friend Johnny's super talented. I'm going to sign him up for a competition so he can become a world-renowned surfer. <laughs> and me, Chili, can date girls. And I can be Turtle. I'm going to pump him up. <laughs> And we're just like, uh-huh, Though uh-huh. I think they were talking about this beforehand, this being this a thing. This has been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, but it's like, uh, what's it called? It's like the Pan West uh, thing. Uh, it's it's some sort of, like, tour. And what was happening very rec- very soon is there's going to be like, tryouts for it. It's going to be, like, a mm-hmm. competition, and the, I guess the winners of it are going to go on this tour. And Johnny's been, like, winning things in this arena for a while so they're pretty sure he's the forerunner at this point it's been very clear that johnny is a good surfer and he and you know he could potentially actually make something out of this so we're pretty excited about chili's entourage dreams but marissa (laughs) is like barely listening to her friends yeah yeah she's she's got she's being real marissa being real marissa we're gonna get a lot of marissa this episode a lot of like marissa marissa this episode like first season and johnny's like (laughs) Huh, Marissa seems disengaged. I think she's sad. Well, she's probably sad sad because she's trying to figure out college, and she's not the only one, because all these kids are going to go to that college counselor. So, college counselor, here's a summary of this montage. Seth loves the East Coast. He's very precise. He knows exactly what he wants. He'll go anywhere that's cold. Anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Summer will go anywhere that's hot. <laughs> Summer will go anywhere. What's the first thing she says? I want to go to a school that has three hundred. That has like Sundays. Is three hundred sixty-five oh, yeah. Sundays or something? And she means ice cream Sundays. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, she also wants to join a sorority, but she doesn't want to have to learn Greek. Yep. And, uh, Ryan just straight doesn't know what he wants. And eventually, he gets to the point where he's like, "This makes it seem like I don't care about college." I care very much about college, but no one in my family has ever graduated high school. So I don't know what to what this is. What is what what college should I like? What do I do? What her traits of college is? Help me, please. Well, someone will help Ryan because that's all he needs, and that's all he ever gets. Well, no one's gonna help him right now. No, because we're gonna find some other news, which is that Charlotte will also not be in this episode. <laughs> she has skipped town, and I really hope that's not the last scene. I imagine she's coming back. Well, this... it turns out she left without a phone call. Yep, and I and uh, so it's this is Julie and Kirsten. They're at the condo, and Julie is being very Mar- very Marissa y. <laughs> she also is being very Marissa y. She's not listening. She's in her own head. Kirsten's trying to share her feelings and emotions. And turns out the reason why is because I guess the condo was not bought. They were renting it. And Julie has to pay $10,000 of rent. Which seems like impossible. And 
I'm curious, what kind of nonsense lease did Charlotte set up? Like, how did she get it under Julie's name when she provided the down payment? Yeah, I don't... Like, I don't it, understand it, how this, condos work, also obviously. Can't be, like, it can't be $10,000 in rent, Mm-mm. right? Right? There's no way that can be the thing. I thought... And it can't be a backlog anyways. Like, oh, you owe $10,000 now. Because there's only been, like, a days. few days. So if it was $10,000 in rent, that is $120,000 in rent payments a year. Yeah. Which means, I guess you they have... buy a house. They have a one-year mortgage? I, I don't... I don't understand if I don't I don't know if just rent was the wrong word to use. I don't know I don't know enough about real estate to know what is going on right now, but I guess somehow Charlotte Charlotte has saddled Julie with this and Julie does not want Kirsten to know. So she's real Marissa. <laughs> well we find out where Seth wants to go. He wants to go to one school and it's Brown. Brown. Uh, he, he wants he wants to uh, head up to Rhode Island. He loves them Ivy Leagues. Yep, yeah, he loves them. He loves any place that's cold. But you uh, know what he also loves? Not telling his dad. I was going to say he loves his dad. He does love his dad. So he can't tell his dad. Oh, his dad, because he doesn't want to tell his dad he's not applying for Berkeley. And Rod's like, you should tell your dad you're not applying for Berkeley. And Ryan's like, I'm pretty sure, you know, I've been on the show for a while. Sandy's gonna be cool. Ryan has, and then then we go into this thing where Ryan's talking a lot about Marissa, where he's he he's constantly implying that like, oh well, I mean, I don't know how I can talk to Marissa about going to college. I feel like ever since I got back to Harvard, I don't have a leg to stand on. I'm like Ryan, there's no reason you should go to college. Like the life that you've led beforehand was not towards college. But if you want to go. That's awesome. So I don't, I just think that, like, you seem like a good person to talk to Marissa about by the fact that you had no chance. And, in fact, with Ryan's background, would Ryan not be more likely to not get into college? Well, I guess Ryan's never shot someone, but he also did... He did go to juvie for stealing a car. Yeah, like, unlike, unlike Marissa, he was actually convicted of a crime. <laughs> he, in fact, has been in jail twice. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so Marissa. Well, I this one I'm kind of putting on the show for kind of forcing it in this weird direction where it's like, oh, Ryan, he can't tell anything to like. How could he help Marissa with this? I'm I, like, I mean, he. Well, to be fair though, every time he tries to talk to Marissa, she just gets mad at him. But I kind like, of feel like that's a Marissa thing. When he put up the punching bag, and she was like, oh, "This is what? a bad thing, <laughs> Ryan. You just want to fight," and he was like, "I, I don't." Yeah, there's a there's a lot going down here. So perhaps he has, I mean, they haven't shown us this, but yeah. perhaps he has tried to talk to Marissa and she's been like, God, Ryan, you go to the nice school. <laughs> right. You don't understand what it's like for me to go to this poor school. You don't understand what it's like to be me, not knowing where your future might be in a poor life. It's like, you, wait, you live with Summer. Yeah. I, you, you, even when you were poor, you were living, she's, you were living like with your dad at his condo. Yeah. Yeah. Which was not that poor. She's never super. Marissa has never really experienced the poor life that Ryan and Julie have. Yeah. Marissa needs to calm down. Yeah. This is the problem. Marissa sometimes does really, really well, but then she just becomes so unlikable. (laughs) Yeah, it gets weird. Well, he needs an ally, so he makes a call. Ooh. Now let's move over to our favorite little girl. (laughs) Taylor Townsend has college fever. 
<laughs> she comes up to Summer, and would she ask for a sweater or she asks no, for a sh- touch my forehead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Touch my forehead, Summer. I got college fever. Uh, I because, love Taylor. Because Taylor does believe uh, Summer is her friend. But there is a little bit of a, uh ulterior motive to this. Because she works... Of course she does. She works in the college counselor's office. Because <laughs> she's a nerd <laughs> that she, no one likes. And she did some snooping. And she saw that both Summer and Seth have different colleges on their lists. Oh, no. See, Summer wants to go to Arizona. And Seth wants to go to Brown. Brown. Go to Brown. Though he, we see his list of and it's schools. it's very long. But he just likes Brown. Okay. He's decided on Brown. I'm just going to say, we are not dating Seth. <laughs> we only see him for an hour a week. Yeah. And we know that he wants to go to the East Coast. How does Summer not know this? It's... I. I think she I, knows. I think, I she just she, hasn't thought about yeah, the I, I repercussions. Yeah, I think she's sort of ignoring ignored it. it. Yeah, and what's what? Taylor, I mean, what Taylor's doing here is just the bare amount of, of work, which sends you to go up to Summer and be like, "Hey, Summer, think about things." And Summer goes, "Oh no!" And Taylor's like, "Goodbye, my best friend." <laughs> God, Taylor, I love yeah, her I so like much. Yeah, I like she's still trying to break him up, and the and I'm, and I'm like, Taylor, you. So are you going to go to Brown, or are you really into the long-distance thing? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, over at Sandy's office, for some reason, he is symbolically <laughs> unpacking a banker's box that is full of pictures of young boy Seth wearing Berkeley gear. Yeah, he put he, 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 at some point in his youth, he put Seth in, a, in like a Berkeley onesie. And he, for some reason, happens to be unpacking that box in his office. Yeah, and then so, of course, Seth comes in at that moment, and Sandy's like, oh, I'm just so excited that you're even considering Berkeley. And Seth's like, yep, I'm gonna moonwalk out of here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Dad, thanks for this one-minute conversation. I gotta go, bye. And he's like, wait, what? You just got here. (laughs) He's like, I feel like I said something wrong. I know I can make this right. More Berkeley. Let me call my friend who works at Berkeley. Paul Glass. Who is a magical man. Who we will hear about so much, and when we meet him, he will not disappoint. Never has a man been more full of magic. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, well, Ryan picks up Marissa from school. And Marissa's busy sulking. She sits on a bench, and she sulks, and she sulks. And he's like, oh, I just, you know, I think you should rethink this college thing. And then Johnny apparates out of nowhere. Like, college? Oh, you know we have a college counselor who could talk to you. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. The reveal is that, like, he was the one that Ryan called, and this is kind of like their ploy. But it, everything that happened here makes total sense, because that's what Johnny does, is overhear situations and pop and in, like... And insert himself into them. pop in, like, Marissa, maybe I can help you. That's what I do. Johnny. Johnny. Uh, yeah, like, the, <laughs> but Ryan Marissa, didn't even need to set this up. It would have happened it would, anyway. It would have happened naturally. Ryan just been like, I just got to talk to Marissa around that school. Johnny will appear. But, but Ryan makes the mistake of, of <laughs> saying, I hear your college counselor is pretty good. Which tips Marissa off because she's on the ball about that, apparently. And she lashes out with, and I quote, <laughs> I thought I could talk to you. I thought you were on my side. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? 
<laughs> well, everything she says in her entire thing here is like, you two conspired to get me here. And I'm like, wait, you're at your school. And he's, you were sitting on that bench sulking. <laughs> I like, I like the concept of like, they lured her somewhere. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. They, Ryan said, I'll pick you up from school. Like, I'm sure he does every, every day. day. All the... All they want is Marissa not to be a sulky McSulkerson. They just want her to, like, make a consideration because her choice right now is that I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to do anything. And they want her to talk to an adult instead of Jeeves. (laughs) Jeeves is an internet robot. Yeah. Anyway, she's horrified by this. And just, it's very teen. It actually is very, very teen. It's very on brand. It's not out of character. It's just so annoying. (laughs) And she stalks off, I presume, to take the bus home? As Ryan and Johnny stare after her, being like, um... Because we already know Ryan's Ryan's her ride. You you gotta come back. Yeah. So she finds... Clearly she finds some way to get home. You know what? I bet she finds Chili. And then poor Chili has to listen or watch her glare out the window (laughs) as he tries to talk. Hey, so so what's going on? You coming to the surf thing tomorrow? Marissa? Marissa? Mercy, come to the surf thing tomorrow? I'm glaring, but you guys can't see it. This is an audio medium. So we get a scene here that's more of just an, an update with the parents. Yep. Uh, they're essentially trading information. She, uh, Kirsten learns that Paul Glass is coming. And Sandy learns that Kirsten's going to Cardio Bar because Julie's sad and Julie likes Cardio Bar. Kirsten never makes it to Cardio Bar. I guess she was picking Julie up, is the idea. And I think she's going to surprise Julie. With Cardio Bar. But, uh... We'll talk about that soon. First, we just have a scene where the boys catch each other up. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of catching up. So Ryan might want to stay in Newport. Seth is definitely going to leave. But Ryan can think of two things that are good about Newport, and those are Summer and Marissa. Yeah, it is worth it was worth knowing that, that Seth also is kind of a jerk because he clearly has forgotten he has a girlfriend. He's so... But, I mean, this is his life thing. This is what he's wanted since he was a baby. So it, so it sort of makes sense that he's a little bit tunnel vision today. Uh, still, you know, kind of callous. So Ryan and Marissa are eminently functional and are both like, so... Should we not let our emotions dictate our choices? Marissa saying, I realize after you were just trying to help is a good moment for her, but also a funny thing for someone to say. I just realized that you trying to help me was just you trying to help me. And Ryan's like, yes. Next time, maybe won't ask Johnny. (laughs) Anyway, so it turns out uh, she made an appointment with the guidance counselor, so maybe there's a chance or she'll at least think about it. Well, speaking of plots working, Taylor Townstead's plot has worked very well. Because Summer has gotten the, her and Seth's list, and none of their school choices are the same. Which, like, should not be a surprise. But now it's in front of their faces. Yep. And she's like, what are we going to do? Are we just going to be long distance? And Seth's like, um... I don't know. And she's like, too late. This is clearly a problem Seth wanted to figure out. Like, like the moment before it became a problem, which is a trend for Seth. Yep. He does not consider things until he has to. All right. Let's pick up on that uh, cardio bar. Well, Julie doesn't need to do cardio bar because she already had a workout today. And that workout was packing up her entire life in a U-Haul. She moved out so fast. She is secret moving out. By herself wearing a dress. (laughs) Yep. And she moved everything out. 
and and like her neighbor comes and is like, oh, you're leaving. And Julie's like, well, I was just staying here while my place, or my Barkley place or something. I'm was... too fancy, Balboa Heights. Goodbye. Balboa Heights, that's what it yeah. is. I, I, think it, I think it's funny how Julie doesn't just want to be seen as rich. She needs to be seen as the richest. super rich. Like, she could very easily just be like, Charlotte skipped town on me, left, left me with this, and I'm not going to live in this place all by myself. This is Charlotte's place. <laughs> like, it feels like they're, like she could just be like, you, you know, you know, she ditched, she ditched me with the, with the place, and you know what, I can go do a nice, but no, she wants me to be like, no, I can handle any situation <laughs> that's coming. She needs to downgrade her lies, is what I'm saying. <laughs> just have, like, slightly better lies. In, instead of lying that you have a Porsche, just lie that you have a BMW. Like, it's still... <laughs> Impressive. It doesn't have to be the most impressive. <laughs> but it does for Julie. Unfortunately, as she's leaving. Someone pulls up and that someone is her friend coming to take her to Cardio Bar. And Kirsten makes a call. And that call is time to follow in my SUV. <laughs> she's not inconspicuous at all. No, she's not. Luckily, uh, Julie's distracted and also bad at driving that U-Haul. Well... It's stressful driving U-Hauls. It's true. They're very large, and everything she owns is in the back of it. So, uh, at the school, I guess, later that afternoon, Summer has realized her rage (laughs) is something only she can control. So she's going to try to research Brown. Yeah, she's going to look up into Brown. Just see, see if maybe it's a school for see her. See what it's like. But, but unfortunately, that the, the Brown... I guess they only have one book of Brown... <laughs> <laughs> one file for each school. One file for each school. I mean, I guess it's the early 2000s. They're not all digital yet. That's true. Uh, but she she wants to look at the file. She can't do it yet because someone else has it. And who is that someone, Aaron? <laughs> Our best friend, Taylor Townsend. Taylor Townsend needs to chill the F out. <laughs> <laughs> she cannot <laughs> go to Brown just because Seth's going there. Don't be wrong. It's a good school. But she's clearly going because, because of Seth. <laughs> because the boy that she likes... <laughs> He's going, going to there. that school. Not in a committed relationship with... The boy that she likes. likes. She's trying to create her Felicity moment. And and, and once again, my, my reply to this is, oh, Taylor. Oh, you sweet dummy. Oh, you sweet dumb girl. <laughs> um, she also tells Summer that Summer is too dumb to go to Brown. Which... Summer is, re- like objectively not dumb yeah however just as objectively does not apply herself yeah the 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 thing is like like getting into those schools is less about it's a whole thing you want we're not gonna get into the university we're not gonna get into the college system i don't want to talk about uh well but there are people who do want to talk about the college system and that is the union the newport union counselor who is a great man and he's like marissa (laughs) You have very good grades, and you've done a lot of extracurriculars. You can go to any school you want. <laughs> and there's, like, this twinge of Marissa where, where, like, I feel like she wants to be like, no, you're wrong. And she realizes she can't. Like, but, ugh, you're you seem like you're an expert in this, and I just looked it up online. And she's like, but won't I have to tell people what happened? And he was like, yes. <laughs> Once in your letter, you'll have to explain why you were expelled. And he's like... I kind of feel like this is a very good story that will give you a very good personal essay. Like, I read about it, and I, I'm on your side, Marissa. Also, Marissa, the time may have come that you should, like, tackle your emotions 
and begin to process your feelings and thoughts about this. Have any of your parents considered getting you therapy? I would suggest therapy. He, he, he does, in without saying the words, kind of suggest therapy, or at least a therapeutic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is nice that it turns out what Marissa's whole deal here is, not that she doesn't want to try, is that she... Doesn't want to think about what happened to her. She doesn't want to think about it. And he, and he gives some great advice to human beings. He tells her to write about it, because you never know what will come out. And then you can't run from your past and let it ruin your future. You kind of have to learn to live with it. And we never see this guy again because he's a hero. <laughs> he might be God in human form. He he is the best teacher on this show. And I'm so glad he didn't turn out to be some sort of creep yet. And you know what? I don't think we will see him again. I do. I hope it, the one-shot characters are always the best characters because the show doesn't have enough time to be like, but what if we ruined them? What if they were bad? <laughs> What if they weren't cool? All right, let's let's see where Julie ends up. Julie ends up in a place with the coolest man, <laughs> whose name I think might be Gary. It's Gus. It's Gus. Gus. I wrote it down. Gus wanted to be a wide receiver for the Dodgers. That's the facts we learned about him, and I hope we learn more. Now, Gus is Julie's landlord at her new home in a trailer park. There's a great moment where she's like, can't believe I'm back here. He's like, yo, you lived here before? And she's like, I'm speaking symbolically, Gus. Stop. I'm monologuing, Gus. (laughs) Like, this, the dialogue between them is so stilted, but I love it because of the prompting for it. She's like, I can't believe I'm back here. Yo, you lived here before? No, but a place like it. (laughs) Now, I want to point something out. This trailer park, while being adjacent to the OC. Yeah. Is also maybe in Tennessee. There's like this weird country twanging music, and Gus has an accent that no other human being on the show has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's unclear where. It, I'll tell you what. What it is, it's less than half an hour away. Yep, because Kirsten, <laughs> Kirsten follows Julie there. Though so I'll say that Kirsten later, Kirsten says I'll be back in a half an hour. She could also just be doing that thing where it's like I'll be back in half an hour. Two hours later. <laughs> Kirsten might not be good at time anymore. <laughs> oh, that's true. You don't have to worry about that. Anyway, Kirsten once again drives up and looks out her SUV window like, What? Julie's been keeping secrets all along. It's like, I mean, I, J- Julie's lies have been terrible. And Kirsten has known that she's been lying. Because, like, Kirsten knows that she doesn't have money. That's why she helped her find the condo in the first place. She kind of gauged her budget and I think actually downplayed it. Yes, but I think Kirsten didn't realize how destitute Julie was. That's true. Like, she knew it was bad. She just didn't know it was... Trailer. It wasn't Gus bad. It wasn't Gus. I mean, no one wants to be Gus bad. No one wants to be Gus bad. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this week, what made you happy? What made me happy this week? Well, as you know, I started my master's degree. Yes, you did. And on Friday, we went on a field trip in the afternoon. This is our last day of class. Yeah. Before we move, we're doing a blended format. So we do a lot of it online. We do a little bit in class. And there's this art gallery that's on the top floor of, this is like a real deep dive for our Calgary listeners. That's fine. I know there's so many of you. But there is an art gallery that's on the top floor of the building that Byte is in. Yeah. 
It's called the Esker Foundation. And it turns out that it was actually the whole building was built by a couple who wanted to do this free public art gallery, contemporary art. So they built this entire building for all local creative um, businesses. And part of their rent goes towards keeping the Esker Foundation free. Oh, that's cool. So we went on a field trip there. We saw a bunch of art by um, subpolar Arctic indigenous artists, which is, you know, Inuit and um, people in the northern parts of Greenland and Finland and Sweden and yeah. just a whole bunch of groups. It was really cool. Like, very, very moving. Cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. And free. And free, which is which is always the best part of museums because you get all that stuff. and they So much culture, so much nice. inspiration. It's nice. For free. Yeah. Kevin, what brought you joy this week? I honestly did not do a whole uh, whole lot this week. It was a it was a very weird one of like because we you know we, came we went back. away last we, weekend. We went away, as we you went guys a, know, yeah, we went away last weekend, um, and then this week I pretty much just like I guess I guess that's something sort of enjoyable. After for one week I sort of was able to, and not through any specific particular reason, uh, but I was just able to kind of relax because you know i'm uh looking for work so mm-hmm. I, sent a, I was able to send a whole app- application so when you send a whole bunch of them you can kind of just be like well now i sort of just have to see if any of them come back so i guess the thing that made me have this week is that i could kind of relax for a lot of it and just wait for the universe to bring things back to you <laughs> wait, wait for hopefully something to come back to me also we had some teppiyaki also we went for te- for uh teppiyaki but we already Wednesday. talked about that but i already talked about that so i can't i can't be like oh did it again <laughs> But it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good place. Yeah. Yeah. They, once again, the person thought we were dating because... Because we don't look alike. Because <laughs> we don't look alike and the people that were there with are dating. So they're like, oh, double date. Like, no, nah, date and then siblings. Yeah. yeah. When, sometimes <laughs> we don't tell people unless we have to because they feel awkward. Yeah. And we understand because we do not look alike. Nope. No. I was wondering while watching this episode... Is this the episode where the OC jumps the shark? Are you saying that because the scene where Marissa's trying to, trying to fill just in her? I feel like this scene is the beginning of a downward arc. This scene is just Marissa, and it's like a two, like a full song plays during this scene, and it's Marissa like trying to fill in her. So um, this is insane. I again, I'm not American. We don't yeah. know, but it's a single page of some sort of college application. And the question says, have you ever been expelled from a school for any reason? It, Explain why. Well, it says gaps in education. And no, it was, also has the word expelled. It also, it also does that. Which yeah. is bolded. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not. I mean, it, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It seems like a sort of thing that, that they might ask you on the app, they ask you, they might ask you. When they look at your transcript, but it seems like a weird thing. It seems like something they would ask during interviews, not... <laughs> not, it, like, like what, what's she even applying for? Yeah. Did she just pick a school at random? Like, like I, th- I thought the idea should have been that she was just trying to write out on, like, a blank page. Like she was trying something to, that could become a personal essay. Yeah, she was trying to write something out so that if she needed to... Because, I mean, you know when you're doing a lot of applications, you mm-hmm. write out one thing, you just copy and paste it in a whole bunch. They're asking the same question. 
so I thought it was something like that. No, she was actually filling out an application, and then the mu- you know, the music playing, and, and she, she has all these flashbacks to everything bad that happened. We even see Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy <laughs> pops in, and I'm like, wait, that's. I mean, I know not great, but that's a weird flashback you have. But you know who we don't see? Luke. <laughs> yeah, she's fine with Luke. Luke caused her a lot of problems. Mm, no, she's fine with Luke. Luke made her overdose in Tijuana. Okay, nah, Luke, Luke did not. No one makes you overdose, but uh, Luke was one of the. Well, <laughs> it's funny. There is a lot of talk in this episode about like causes of incidents, um, but <laughs> yeah. So she's so she's you know doing her whole stuff. She starts freaking out, and then she trashes Summer's desk, including Summer's computer. I is that Summer's? Later, Summer so says, it, I lent you my computer. No, no, no. She says, you can borrow my computer. So I was trying to figure oh, out did if... she trash her own computer? That I think she broke her own computer. Because Summer, Summer says, you can, you, can, you can borrow my computer. You have to be gentle with it. <laughs> so I think that's a joke that Marissa definitely smashed her own... All the rest of stuff was definitely Summer's. Don't get yeah. me wrong. She's... I, I'm very... I almost thought in the midst of this freakout she was having that she was going to start trashing the rest of the room and I would just been like, that's Summer's room. That's Summer's room. Marissa, do don't this. break Summer's stuff. She's so nice for letting you live with her. In her bedroom. In her bedroom. And I don't think her parents know. <laughs> um, now here's another scene where Seth... Sandy reveals again. <laughs> that Paul Glass is coming to dinner. And his f- kids are like, this is an ambush. This is clearly a trap. <laughs> How dare you, Dad? I understand what's going on here. No one is fooled. I don't know what you guys are talking about. He My just, friend's just in town and he just needs dinner. You guys happen to be applying for, for colleges and a friend of Paul Glass from Berkeley is coming in. He's going to come and have dinner with us is just a thing you do he's on the admissions board but that's just a coincidence unrelated (laughs) (laughs) i'm sandy the best liar lawyer speaking of ambushes chili and johnny show up at marissa's house and they're like is this the first time we've seen the no no i'm marissa's summer is the first time we've seen this shot the outside of summer's house summer also lives in a palace yeah because we've only seen the Inside, like you've her seen from entranceway, inside to outside. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen outside up there. She has like a full walk up. Like it might like, be bigger than the Cohen house. Yeah, this place, and it's all. It, this place is a palace. This place is insane. But uh, Johnny, because he's full of the sixth sense, yeah, seems to have a feel that uh, Marissa had a breakdown last this guy's night. Guys, up touching her shoulder <laughs> because <laughs> yes. literally he's like, like, hey, how's it going? And touches her shoulder, and Summer walks by, like, oh, whoa, and then Johnny's like. I mean, if you had a breakdown last night, you don't have to go to college. You can come with me and Chili and think, tour the world. I think this is Chili's idea. Is I it? think Chili was the one who's like, you could go and tour with us. And Johnny's like, yeah, no, yeah, you can do that. Allow me to touch you. <laughs> I mean, they're both they're, they're they're both obviously into it, but I think Chili's the one who brings it up. It does seem like a Chili idea. Yeah. And she's thinking about it because there's one thing she likes. It's running away from her problems. <laughs> And Johnny should know that he should not enable that. I mean... He's just distracted. He doesn't know yet. He's he, Yeah, he's very distracted about surfing. He does not have all his empathy radar up, where he knows instantly the thing to say to someone. But soon. Yeah. Anyway, Marissa goes back in to be like, Goodbye, Summer. I am a beach person now. I'll be back tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Summer's like, oh, oh, I thought no. you were applying for colleges. Yeah, it turns out... No, she's going to go on a trip. She does tell Summer, like, yep. we don't see it, but she essentially fills Summer in. I'm thinking of taking a trip down to Fiji with my new surfer friends. And Summer's like, 
no, no. <laughs> Which is fine if it's something she wants to do, but it's very clear that she's running away. And Marissa absolutely does not care about surfing at all. No, she's she made- is miserable every time <laughs> she's at the beach. She's made it abundantly clear this is not something she's interested in. She is just running away. And if she was like, yeah, no, it's awesome, and she actually was into it, I'd be like, yeah, go chase your bliss. You don't have to go to... You could even do this for a year. Yeah, then and go then to go to college, college after. And do, it, do the year after. But don't Marissa th- genuinely seems to think that surfing is the dumbest hobby you could have. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So, uh, Kirsten and Julie call a meeting together because that's what friends do. They call meetings. That's what, Aaron, I don't know friends very well. You call meetings with your friends, right? Yeah. I'm having a meeting with my best friend on Tuesday night. Mm, yes. Yes. Good. Calling meetings. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, Kirsten tricks Julie. She's like, come for lunch. Yeah. Turns out, business meeting. Yeah, Kirsten has an idea. She says, I want us to work together. Because, you know, the other things we've done have been so good. The magazine, which fell apart after one issue. But that was because Kirsten was an alcoholic and sleeping with Cooper. That's she true. wanted. She wanted to sleep with Cooper. Uh, there's the benefit, which was the scam, though she doesn't know that. And Julie's like, I don't want your charity. <laughs> it's noteworthy that Julie hears, I want to give you a job, and goes, charity! And Kirsten goes, No, I'm... it's a job. <laughs> Kirsten's like, no. I'm literally the most bored person ever. I need a job. Yeah, she does a good. She does do a good job of essentially turning it around and being like, "No, no, Julie, this is for me. You're helping me." And Julie's like, "That's enough. That's all the reason I need." And Kristen's like, "But it's enough of an excuse." If we're gonna go in for business together, you need to tell me where Charlotte went. Yeah, because Julie's lie was that oh she's hanging out with her dad. Kristen's like, "No, she hates her dad. Like I hate, and I've never gone to hang out with my dad." It's a really weird blind spot that Kirsten's unwilling to believe that Charlotte went back to her dad after Kirsten went back to her dad so many times. Did, and the only reason she didn't do it now is because now he's dead. Yeah. So it's it's a weird blind spot for her, but you know what? It's hard to look outside your own mind. And she assumes that um, Charlotte has relapsed and Julie just doesn't want to tell her. <laughs> but then Julie tells her all the truth. And Kirsten, Julie <laughs> actually does it in like a pretty subtle way she- where... Yeah, she could have not been involved. No, she, yeah, she she does it in a great way where, like... Cause it was the, like she just found out. The final thing she says is, like, but at the last minute, I stopped her. But then Kirsten's like, <gasps> you were involved. Well, that's because Kirsten's a smart human. Well, I think the problem is that Kirsten, I think at this point, believes she was involved from the beginning. Mm. Rather than finding out partway through and being like, yeah, maybe... Well, and, like, why would Kirsten think that Julie is trying to scam her? <laughs> Kirsten doesn't know about any of Julie's dumb blackmail plots. Yeah. Or her attempt to kill Caleb. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Julie, tr- Julie consistently tries to do crime. And, and then does. it's like, crime is too scary. Nope, too, nope, turns out I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm so it, bad at crime. It, it's too scary. It's too scary, guys. Julie's the kind of person to stand outside a, uh, a corner store with, like, a balaclava on their head and, like, their finger in their pocket like it's a gun then going, nope, nope, can't do that. Nope, nope, never mind. <laughs> I was wrong. She's the kind of person to walk into that convenience store and pick up, like, a Coke and put it in their pocket and then walk to the, walk to the counter and go, I have a Coke I'm going to buy. <laughs> it's in my pocket. That's <laughs> just where pocket. I like. This is where I put it. I put it in my pocket. I just, I prefer it there. (laughs) I want to keep it warm. (laughs) I don't like those cold Cokes. Here's a dollar fifty. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, that's the kind of person Julie is. Um, Uh, So Seth shows up. No, no, let's both go uh at the same time again. (laughs) That's fun when we do that. Uh, Um, Seth. (laughs) 
Seth shows up at Summer's house with like a duffel bag <laughs> full of his broken dreams. I wanted the scene where he just shoved all of the evidence that he wanted to leave like into a bag because that is or he had that bag ready to go. That was his running away bag. No, but all that's in there is like um, pamphlets for boarding schools. That's true. So he's like, so he goes to her house and he throws it out and he's like, this is like, look, I've just wanted to leave my entire life. And then Summer's like, well, yeah, but my dreams matter too, which is not incorrect. The Yeah, it's this it's this thing here where you could misunderstand this because also as some Moiseth goes like, I'm trying to do a compromise here. I'm like, her going to Brown's not really a compromise. But the thing is that she... She knows who he is. And it's also not that she... that. This is hard to say without making us sound like monsters. She doesn't have very many dreams right now. No. And that is actually sort of her storyline. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, like the, the thing, the, her the whole thing is that she just kind of wants to go to college because college. And she thinks it's going to be fun. And she likes the West Coast. And she likes the heat. Yeah. But she does love Seth. And the thing is, there are beaches on the east coast too like going to the hamptons is a very real thing that rich people do in the summer yeah and i think that would have been a funner way of having the storyline resolved with seth being like all the fun things you want to do you can do that there with me and for someone to realize that like what her dreams really are yeah um because this could have been really bad and it could have been the thing where it's like Oh, but Summer has her own dreams. But the thing is that she doesn't... She just wants to go to college. She wants to go to a college. And she wants to have a fun college experience. Yeah, which she can do yeah. I get, on the East Coast. There are fun colleges over there. Yeah. And once again, they at least said it beforehand. That, like, this is different from Taylor. Like, Taylor going out there would be insane because Taylor's <laughs> not dating Seth. And Taylor is literally only going to Brown. But at this moment, um, like... Well, actually, this doesn't get resolved between them right now because it gets weirdly sidetracked by Seth being like, you don't see Ryan and Marissa doing this. Which is an insane statement. <laughs> so I was like, oh, not yet. Yeah, their words they say here are just so we can do a nice segue to the beach. Where Marissa is unhappy. <laughs> and yeah. she says, so is the next year just going to be us on beaches while Johnny surfs? <laughs> yes, she's Marissa. Like, she's like, yeah, that's what you're getting into. However, he does say that he can apparently – he talked to a friend of his and he could, he could get her a job as a, as a label, label rep, rep for which, the tour. Which she likes. She I, thinks that seems great. Yeah, and you know what? That might be something you should be into, but not surfing. She would be terrible label rep because I think she hates surfing. <laughs> she thinks it's dumb. Hey, so you like riding on your dumb board and doing dumb things? How do you do that with us? <laughs> what did you say to me? What? No, don't worry about it. Surfers might like that. Pretty girls telling them their stuff is dumb. <laughs> Then they want to impress her. I'm nagging you. It's that- this thing that's going to become really popular in like 2011. I, Guys who wear fedoras will do it. I read a book. It's called The Game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's called The Game. And I am gaming you. I'm also peacocking. That's why I'm wearing a peacock outfit. On you a like be- it, right? I'm so hot. <laughs> I'm on this beach. I'm a label rep. <laughs> Look at my butt. <laughs> they do good with the job. They do good with the job. I'm going to Fiji. <laughs> so 
So here's a short mopey scene where Ryan and Seth are both mopey. Yeah. It, That's the scene. It's mostly where Seth, we learn that Seth does want to do, do this next year. But he does tell Ryan something. And I was kind of worried that Summer had once again pulled the trigger way too early and has been like, Johnny loves Marissa. And Marissa, he touched her on the shoulder. Now, luckily. Turns out, turns out both her and Seth were actually very, like, clear with their descriptions they do describe what happened yes but before we get to see ryan's reaction there's this really weird scene where summer wants something from taylor summer has called a meeting with taylor as friends would do and in the meeting she announces i give up you may have seth (laughs) and taylor's like this is a joke this is a trick this is a trick you're trying to trick me what's the tricky trick what's going on (laughs) And Summer's Am like, I going to walk outside and you're going to drop kick me off the pier? And Summer's like, no, I just have no future. And Taylor responds <laughs> with all of the insight that Taylor has about everyone else except for herself. Yeah. Most of the time. Sometimes yeah. she has insight about herself. And she goes, oh, you're really afraid that Seth's going to go away to Brown and he's going to meet some really smart girl and realize that you're just his dumb high school girlfriend and you have nothing to talk. And what she's I mean, saying... I mean, no, here's the thing. Summer does, is actually the one who says, like, I'm afraid he's going to go there and find someone who essentially connects with him more than I do. And then but Summer Taylor finishes puts off with the, the words to... Uh, Taylor puts the words to Summer's thoughts. Yeah, which is that she's Taylor afraid is, she's, Sorry, Taylor yeah. is not saying that these thoughts are true. Yeah. Taylor, in fact, thinks that they're not true at all. She thinks that Summer is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, essentially, Summer is afraid that she is just... The high school girlfriend. And that she has no value and no interests. And I think it's a, it's weirdly sweet, only for these two people, that Seth is like, Summer's way too cool for me. And and, and Summer's like, Seth is way too smart for me? He's not way even too sp- good for me? Yeah, they both think the other person is better than them. Yeah. Which is... Um, not, it's very it's very high school. Very high school. It's very high school. It's very good. Um, Taylor at this moment is very conflicted by this because she does not know what's happening and I think sits there for a good few hours just going, what? Can what? I fix this? Now if I leave, am I going to get pranked? <laughs> <laughs> Are the cameras going to come out? All right, I'm going to leave through the kitchen. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher, if you're here. S- swear to God, Ashton Kutcher, I'll knock you out. You know, you know I'm strong, Taylor. <laughs> Well, as she sits there, uh, the surfing ends, and Johnny calls his mom because he thinks he did a very good job. He surfed great. Yeah, and then and Ryan arrives. And Marissa reveals that she cannot go to college, for she could not write the essay. Well, she tried once, and it didn't work, so I mean... And Ryan is just like, oh my god, Marissa, your reasons are... <laughs> you need to grapple with your reasons. Like... And then up comes Johnny, who informs Ryan that he can't understand what Marissa's going through. <laughs> We've been through something together. We both nearly killed someone. And Ryan's like, me too! (laughs) Maybe. I was there during the shooting, guys. (laughs) I was nearly killed. I was nearly killed by my brother. I'm sorry that you you nearly killed someone. I was nearly killed. (laughs) Your bullet could have shot me instead of him. (laughs) Why why do none of you consider anything? Do you think I I just live in like a moment to moment? I have an entire life that goes on. I lived in China before this. I probably have seen a shooting before. My dad is in jail. (laughs) (laughs) My mom abandoned me because she's too much of an alcoholic. It's such a weird storyline to take. And the funny, because I think about Newport Union is definitely like 
<laughs> the less rich school, but Johnny still is like, I'll be a surfer. Like, no one there he seems... He still has the option to decide to be a surfer. Yeah, no one there... And all these people... Like, that school does not seem destitute. None of those kids have part-time jobs. No one's supporting their family like Eric Balfour did. Well, yeah, and it doesn't seem like Or the, like Teresa did. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the, um... Uh, even the school we see in Riverdale, like, that's bad school. Yeah. Um... Like, the, the, the Newport Union School kind of feels like the school that I went to. Yeah, just like a normal high school. It's like a normal high school. And yes, it's not Harbor, the private school. But it's so weird that this show has decided to do the thing where they're like, no, Ryan won't get it. He's a rich kid. I'm like, <laughs> you, know, you know the premise of your show, right? Literally a year and a half ago, he maybe got a girl pregnant and dropped out of high school to go work construction to raise that baby. And then he came back and worked hard so that he could go to college. Like, he is the story. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Ryan's like, okay, dumb dummies. All right, I gotta leave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me about my life. I'm, go- I'm gonna go. And they're about to announce the PacWest surf team. And Chili keeps screaming Johnny's name. Johnny, you gotta come. They're about to say something. You need to be there, I guess. And... In a very weird decision here, Marissa's like, I should go after Ryan. And then Johnny's like, no, me, the guy who's known him for two months, I should go the after him. The person who doesn't know his past, for I think he cannot understand Marissa. The, 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 I'm clearly the one who should talk to him. He goes out. And gets hit by, by a car. car. This is... This is when the shark was like, oh, we jumped the shark. Oh, oh. That car was the shark. It was it was such a random, spontaneous action, just be like, and then this guy is just hit by a car. Why is that car driving through that parking lot so fast? I don't know. Why are they not expecting teenagers to walk through between those cars? I don't know. And so he he yeah, he's just hit by a car. This sort of brings up the thing that I like to bring up a lot about whatever car stunts. I'm not saying specifically about this. Mm. The thing about car stunts is that the way that they always do them is they literally just have someone get hit by a car. Yeah. Um, that's the way they do it. Like, there's there's no special... They're not wires or any special yeah, effects. They're just people getting hit by cars. Mm-hmm. So the thing about that is that the actual action of some, the stuntman getting hit by the car, obviously it looks like it hurts because they're actually being hit by a car, but it's never as bad as the repercussions they show us later. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess... Uh, it's not really the problem. And this scene is not, it's like, I mean, it looks like a pretty rough hit, but it's something I've always wanted. I've always thought about with car stunts like that, where I'm like, because that person had to knock, actually get hurt that badly. Whenever they're like, Oh yes. And their entire body has been shattered. I'm like, the hit like, we saw well, was Len. like, as someone who has actually had been hit by a car, weirdly enough, they don't hurt as much as you think they would. Cause you roll up the hood and fall off the side. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a little bit of a flying, but I've seen a harder hit in, like, uh, was it, uh, Lock, Socket, Two Smoking Barrels, where he gets, like, creamed by a car. Um, anyway, that's just my thoughts on getting hit by cars. Ironically, as he's hit by the car, they also announced that he won the surf competition. Oh, did they? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked by the fact that they just hit him with a car. So, uh, smash cut to the hospital where a doctor comes out and says, oh, is Johnny's mother here? And Marissa says, oh, no, she's in Toledo. And this- No, uh, San Jose. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter, really, This honestly. doctor decides... <laughs> I'll tell these teens. Oh, I will give private medical news that there was no consent giving, given that I could give it because he's asleep. 
to these children who are not related to him. I like this is a very specific thing for you because of your work in... <laughs> FOIP! Consent! Anyway, so what we learn about him is that he gets he gets the sports injury. He tears his ACL. He tears his ACL. To be fair, your ACLs are pretty easy to tear. Yeah. So that seems like a reasonable injury for him to have gotten from that car hit. No, 100% it does. I just like... I Whenever I hear ACL, I'm like, oh, that's a sports injury. That's yeah. the injury that means you can't play sports anymore. Yep. Um... Chili asks if he can surf, and for some reason, once again, this doctor who just met these kids is like, oh, I'm more worried if he'll ever walk again. Yeah, he's going to be fine. He tore his ACL. He's going to be fine. Like, settle down. What? (laughs) I have an ex-boyfriend who tore his ACL, got the surgery, was skiing while we were still dating. Well, she goes from, from, from like, oh, you know, it could have been a lot worse. All he did was hurt his knee and tear tear his ACL. I don't think he's ever going to walk again. What? Now, I think... She's trying to be like, kid, surfing is not the priority, but it's phrased very it's phrased badly. Very, very, very dramatically, if you will. Um, so Chili's like, I can't handle this. He runs off into the night, and Ryan's like, so Marissa, and she's like, get out of here, well, Sandy needs you. Actually, it's, more, it's worth, worth noting that Ryan does a little bit of marissa in here, where, he, where he, he's like, oh man, it's my fault. And Marissa says, we shouldn't do this now, but you should go. Sandy needs you, which makes no sense. And I'm like, wow, Marissa, <laughs> considering all the times that you do your whole, it's my fault, and Ryan goes, no. The instant that he's that Ryan's like, it's my fault, you're like, you should leave. And to be fair, <laughs> like... It's not... <laughs> it's not his fault, but him thinking it's his fault is a completely reasonable thought, because Johnny was chasing him. I mean, yeah, no, him thinking it's his fault makes complete sense. It's just funny But you know this- whose fault it is? That sharks. <laughs> the car. The shark. The car is a shark. The car is a shark. All right. John, Johnny jumped the shark. Okay. Uh, Paul Gus arrives and he meets the family. That's pretty much that entire and scene. He, and the scene is cool, but it's also an intense scene and no one cares. Yeah. Uh, um, Taylor comes to visit Summer, also with a duffel bag. Yep. And it turns out what she wants to do is help Summer go to Providence. But uh, to Pro- Rhode Island College. Yes. Not to... Uh, well, Providence. She wants to go her to go to Providence. The name of the school is Providence. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is in, on Rhode Island. It's um, I half, just, it's like half an hour away from Brown. Thank you. I was like, I just forgot the name of the school that Seth wants to go to. Brown. Yeah. It's Brown. So it's about half an hour from the Brown. But it's and, more reasonable. It, and it's fun. And Summer will like it. Yeah. And and Taylor... Taylor's like, no, you, like this. This makes a lot more sense that you go do that. I'm gonna go to another school. She wants to go to the Sorbonne in France. Yeah, sure, which makes sense for Taylor. Uh, and then Summer's like, you're a good friend, and Taylor's like, <gasps> oh my god, f- you said friend. Summer, wanna- <laughs> Summer, do you like Polish cinema? You're I got like- this movie. You can come over. We can have a sleepover. You- <laughs> I think she calls it like a decology, which means ten films. <laughs> <laughs> and Summer just like- looks at her, and Taylor's like, hmm. Too much. <laughs> I understand. I will see you tomorrow, friend. But maybe eventually a sleepover. Oh, Taylor. I just, I want Summer to have a sleepover with Taylor. I do. <laughs> just as soon as Taylor hears. Fr- well, Taylor does start with me like, as much as it's sad to say, I think you two are my best friends. <laughs> oh, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. Uh, so let's head and we meet Paul Glass. He tells a story about Kirsten and Sandy. Because and... he set them up, and I guess Sandy wore, was trying to have a Halloween costume, and wore a paper bag over his head for their entire first date. Yeah. Um, then he makes, like, a weird pseudo-racist joke at... <laughs> it's like a reverse racist joke, yeah. where he 
calls well, he, Seth a racist. Yeah, because the, the joke is actually one I've heard, but it's the, what do you call a black man who flies a plane? And the kids are like, what do we do? Oh, no. Uh, and, and the answer is a pilot, you racist. And uh, what <laughs> I mean... It's weird to do a bunch of kids you just met. By reverse racist is not that reverse racism is a thing. It's a situation in which someone accuses others of being racist. That is reverse racism. Yeah, um, but... <laughs> It's a weird thing to do to the kids you just met. The kids who are already off kilter because you asked them if they had girlfriends and they didn't know how to answer oh, that Paul's question. Paul's really interested in the romantic life of these teens, and it will continue to be a thing. Uh, but uh, Ju- Kur- not Kirsten, Julie. I mean, it's Julie. Yeah, Kirsten but- goes into the house because the phone is ringing, but she does not make it there on time. No, she gets a voicemail and is Julie apologizing, and Kirsten feels the emotions. That Julie hope she will feel and so off she goes well summer arrives which this one pulls seth away and now it's and now there's three (laughs) no just paul sandy and ryan and none of them know what to do here because clearly sandy did tell paul part of the idea of this was to get let's talk about seth about berkeley so now seth's gone (laughs) and it's just these three three men looking at each other paul might be a dad who knows who knows who knows so, uh, Summer has also brought a duffel bag. Yes. And it's full of cute Providence things. And, and like, uh, those floppy hats for all the, the cold weather they're gonna, they're gonna get in Rhode Island. And it's very cute. Yeah. Yeah, they're very happy. So, uh, over in Johnny's hospital room, which is not a private room because Johnny is a poor. Yep. Uh, Marissa walks in and then says that, no, no, it's my fault. And Johnny's like, dude... <laughs> This is everyone's fault, especially the car that hit me. I do like the way that he starts it off and being like, well, yeah. And there's a moment where Marissa's like, wait, he's not going to assuage me? He's not going to give me the attention I need? He's not going to be Ryan? <laughs> and the, But then he's like, it was probably also Chili's fault for pushing the festival. And also and, the drivers. And, and my Ryan's fault. fault. And Ryan's fault. And he's like, the point is, is that it's like, that's kind of how the world works. He's like, yeah, my ACL's pretty torn. And Marissa's like, hey, so what are you going to do then? He's like, get surgery and do rehab and then surf again and it, before life goes on. And it blows Marissa's mind that he's not going to wallow in it for four, for like six episodes. It is a real epiphany. She's like, what? Wait, you can just move on? You can like accept you, you, the past? You can, you can deal with your emotions? You can accept that it is now a part of you and will always be a part of you, but doesn't have to define you? Marissa's really a learn-by-seeing person. Which is why therapy didn't work for her. Because <laughs> she needs this... It's it's kind of sad that she needs to see other people in pain and get through it to be like, now I can do it too. <laughs> really what she needs to do is she just needs... She, it's unfortunate that she lived before YouTube, where she could just watch videos of, like, sad dogs. Oh, you're right. She just needs to follow a bunch of vloggers. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she, she needs to, she needs to get all those like and now things where it's like you know this person uh had lost arm, one of their arms. Lost one of their arms, and they made a new arm out of a tree. They chopped down with their other arm and carved it. And she's like, I can do that. I can get over the fact they didn't give me my receipt at Dairy Queen. And now they're a heart surgeon, and that means I can be a label rep. What are my dreams, Johnny? Demonstrate dreaming to me. <laughs> Johnny, you're in your bed full on so many drugs, but tell me about dreams. Tell me how I should have ambitions in life. Yo, man, maybe, like, this is sleep, and when we dream we're awake. This is good morphine, is what I'm saying. Oh, let me write that down, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs> I'll remember that and tell that to everyone. 
Um, what I'm saying is Marissa, I feel like, will someday be an anti-vaxxer because she'll just hear something. <laughs> so uh, Kirsten visits Julie at her home. Julie assumes it's Gus. <laughs> oh, wait, let's something new about Gus. Gus is a swinger. Uh, yeah, Julie does not want to hang out with his wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how his wife asked. <laughs> I, I want to learn more about this couple. They seem fun. This is going to be a good side plot. Anyway. Kirsten's like, hey, Julie. I may have overreacted. I appreciate that you chased Charlotte out of town because you're always there for me. Yeah, she's like, it becomes very clear to me that you actually probably stood up for me is the thing that you did. And I'm sorry I overreacted. I pulled a Marissa, and that was wrong. And I still want to do that business, whatever it may be. Which and, is all sweet and all. And then Gus roams by, and Julie shouts, I have a gun, Gus. All right. He just goes, like, that would be the funniest joke of the series, where, he, where he just like, he's like, Julie, I have a gun. All right. <laughs> just like blurry in the background. <laughs> I love Gus. He will not replace Taylor Townstead as my favorite character, but boy, is he getting close. He's pretty cool. Um, most of the scene I was just thinking of, and I'm wondering, Aaron, I have a question. Has Julie just abandoned Marissa? Marissa lives at Summer's house. I feel like Julie has no intention. Like, if, if Julie does not get super rich again, because once again, she doesn't want to be rich. She wants to be the most rich. Mm-hmm. I think she's just never going to see Marissa again. Hey, Kevin, I have a question. How is Caitlin still in her fancy boarding school? Uh, well, I, I think she's been kicked out and is currently hitchhiking her way back. <laughs> I mean, I have to assume that before Caleb died, he prepaid for a year's tuition. That's the only thing that, that makes sense. You're right. That is the only thing that makes sense. Or she's currently hitchhiking her way across across uh, America. Has met a cool trucker. His name is Gabe. His name is Ga- his name is Logan, and he's Wolverine. Ooh. <laughs> he has metal claws. Spinoff. Kirsten is. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin has also gained the power to uh, kill people with her touch and absorb their powers. And for some reason, some of her hair has turned white. Mm-hmm. And now she's played by Anna Paquin. What I'm saying is that uh, the OC and X-Men take place in the same universe. And you can't prove to me that it's not. No one says otherwise. No one says otherwise, so you know. <laughs> and you can't prove a negative, I think, is the line that works there. I don't think it does, actually. Caitlin is rogue. Goodbye. All right. Uh... What does it go to? Yeah, Paul and Sandy are hanging out with Ryan, but he's bored. Yeah, the old dudes are goofing and laughing, and Ryan's like, I have no more old dudes, my friends. But as it turns out, as Sandy leaves and it's just, uh, you know, Ryan and Paul, it's that. It turns out it's not, it, wasn't, it wasn't Seth who needed Paul. It no, was it was Ryan. Because Ryan, Ryan's afraid. He finally found a home. Why should he leave his home? Yeah. I want to point out that I thought the thing here was Paul's going to be like, Ryan... Have you ever thought about Berkeley? But instead he's like, Ryan, you got a girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) I'm real interested in these teenagers' love lives. You have a girlfriend? And Ryan's like, well, you know, y'all, I don't know. And then Sandy pops out and he's like, Ryan, you can go anywhere. This will always be your home. And then Ryan's like... But where will I go on breaks from school? The pool house? Look, Ron, I need you to focus on me. Tell me about your girlfriend. And Ryan's like, but home. And Sandy's like, yeah, you can stay in the pool house. Talk to Paul. <laughs> Tell me about your girlfriend. Oh, my girlfriend. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> so while they talk about his girlfriend, uh, Seth. Tells his dad that he wants to go to Brown. And, and Sandy, because he's a good dad, is like, 
cool. Brown's a good school. <laughs> Brown's a good school. And Seth still takes this as the, 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 like, urging to be like, also, I mean, like you, like, you came here from the East Coast, and I wanted to do the same thing when I sort of forged my own path, and Sandy, once again, is a good dad. It's just two, like, good dad scenes in a row. Yeah, it's just dads being dads. Yeah, because in one, it's him being like, Ryan, wherever you go, this is always your home, and the other one is like, you know, you're already making me proud, Seth, and they hug. And he's he is legitimately not upset about no. He's probably a little bit disappointed, but he'll never voice it to, to Seth. Because why? Because why? He doesn't even voice it to Curzon. He probably was just like, oh, man, Berkeley would have been nice, but I'm just glad that he's happy. Happy. Because all he wanted was for his son to have the amazing college experience that he had. Yeah, which is a great thing for the show to be like, no, we don't got enough time. <laughs> Sandy is proud. So uh, Ryan reveals to Paul that he's afraid of who he'll be without Marissa unconditionally accepting him. (laughs) She does not unconditionally accept him. (laughs) She insults him all the time. She has so many conditions. Number one, that she is never reminded that he has had a harder life than her. She has had the hardest life. Also, he cannot punch in front of her. No. Not even that punching bag. No, because that reminds her of how hard of a life he might have had. And she needs that. Just like Julie needs to be the richest. Marissa Marissa needs needs to be be the the saddest. Needs to be the saddest. But she has decided, thanks to seeing the pain that Johnny has gone through and he won't wallow in it, that the past happens. And she should write that personal essay. And she should go to college. Well, thankfully, there's Paul, the man very interested in teen romance, who pops his head and goes in, Oh, hello, I didn't, I didn't mean to overhear. I just felt very awkward sitting outside by myself. Do you two lovebirds want to go to Berkeley? You can go to Berkeley. If you put in the application, I'll get you into Berkeley. You're going to think about Berkeley. Just think about Berkeley a little bit. Anyway, I'm so happy that you teens are in love. It is my thing. Gotta go. I gotta go. I'm going to head down to the school and ask more teens about their relationships. Well, you know, if that one man was God... <laughs> this might be Cupid? Yes. Yes. He is, in fact, Cupid in human form. All right, fun. Which is why he is the most magical man. And then the entire episode ends with the kids having their talk um, about, like, you know... What, you know, what the, what the next year is going to bring and all these things. I do kind of want to say that the, the timing in World makes a lot of sense. But this is episode eight. Yeah, we have a whole season. season of this. And it feels so, like, final. Like, in World, totally reasonable. Fall of senior year is when you think That's about these things. That's when you start making those picks. Not winter of junior year, <laughs> Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale pulled that trigger way early. Too early. Too early. Like, I don't think these kids have even written the SATs yet. They have, actually. I think they sort of talked about it once. Yeah, but I don't think they've done it. Anyway. Anyway, Anne's happy. All the kids are thinking about what the future's going to be. Ryan and Marissa, Berkeley, Seth and uh, Summer. Rhode Island. Yeah, two ones in Rhode Island. I mean, Rhode Island is like three feet long, so. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But uh, Ryan and Seth have to have a long-distance relationship. Have a long-distance dadding. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna have to call him late at night and be like, "Hey, Ryan, I just feel like I need a dad right now." And Did Ryan you want to call will, your dad? Ryan will be like, "Well, conveniently, it's three hours earlier than it is in your time zone, so lay it on me, son. <laughs> lay it on me, my boy. I'm just drafting some architecture stuff. I'm at Berkeley. I'm an architect. Paul Glass keeps on popping in and asking me how my relationship's going, and that's." uncomfortable, but I think he means well. And I got into Berkeley for it, so I'll talk about my relationship anytime he wants. Hey, Ron, how's your relationship going? Fine. Thanks. 
when they secretly break up, they'll pretend to be together. Because <laughs> they don't want to disappoint Paul Glass. No, he'd be so sad. He would be he would be devastated. His life would just crumble around him. But you teens aren't in a relationship? That's so sad. I don't I just, I don't know what to do. How am I to grapple with the fleeting nature of youth? I just I feel like this is a sex thing, but it's but clearly it not seem to be. But it has all the trappings of a sex thing. We've just watched too much Riverdale. I think I would be more. I think I would be more happy if this was a sex thing. Paul Glass <sighs> says Ryan. I guess or Marissa. <laughs> or that Marissa. seems like Marissa. I'd just be more happy if this was a sex thing because it's really weird that it's platonic that you're really interested in our relationship. It feels like you're like us. <laughs> I don't. Are you our ego? I don't know you. I actually, me, Marissa, I have not met you. You just popped into the pool house and said you're going to Berkeley. <laughs> and now I go to Berkeley. Oh, yeah. She's, already, who's, yeah, she's an adult who was like, hey, teens making out. And she was like, cool. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Going a little bit long through this episode. Did you find yourself a CW moment? I did. I'll wrap it up quickly because we already talked about it. And it's the fact that uh, Sandy happens to be unpacking that banker's box full of symbolic <laughs> photos of Seth. That's a pretty good one, yeah. He has already been in that office for a time. <laughs> yeah, but has decided that now is the time to move in the photos of his children in Berkeley's it kind, of, it kind of makes a little bit of sense because he knows the cost of what's going on, but it's still a funny moment. And, like, his wife's photos are already out. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was the most important one. That's true. Yeah. What's your CW moment? Uh, my CW moment is that doctor being like, when, when they're like, who can he surf? Oh, I don't even know if he can walk. <laughs> Too much. Once again, the idea of being like, I'm not worrying about him surfing and worry about him walking makes the most sense. But she phrases it as like, oh, no, it's not so bad, but, I mean, he may never walk again. Uh, fourth torn ACL. It's weird phrasing. Also, as you as you pointed out, it's weird that she's telling these teens this idea. Yep, absolutely. At least yeah. make them eavesdrop upon a phone call to his mom. <laughs> Don't worry, she's on her way. She said, however, that I can get I can do all the talking. I know everything about medicine. I looked it up online on Ask Jeeves, and Jeeves told me ACL injury. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she went to Jeeves and said, hey, Jeeves, what happened to my friend Johnny? <laughs> and Jeeves was like, what? What? He was hit by a car. Common car injuries are a torn ACL. Thank you, ah, Jeeves. Perfect. <laughs> that girl needs to get a different... Per She's the only one using Jeeves now. We're going to shut down the service, but this one girl in California just keeps using it. And we cannot let her down. She needs Ask Jeeves so much. <laughs> Well, that is the OC. That is this episode. That is the episode where the OC maybe jumped the shark. Maybe, when he got hit by the car. Yeah. It's a very dramatic moment. So dramatic. Yeah, but it's too much of a key scene for us to say it's a CW moment. It's too essential too to the plot. Too integral to the plot. Integral to the plot. Uh, but, hey, we're uh, we're done with that. So we got to move on because <laughs> it's going a little bit long. Uh, if you like this, you should give us a rating, review, subscription on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you happen to find us on. And if you think the OC already jumped the shark, please tell us that moment either in written form on Twitter or in image form on Instagram. It's all Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA. Or you can send us your uh, personal essays. 
to our email, podcastmoa at gmail.com. Tell us about your gaps in education. Will Johnny ever surf again? What business and Kirsten Julie going into? Will Taylor ever find someone to watch her 10 Polish films with her? Answers all this and more next episode of Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? Mm-hmm.